postmodern culture. And postmodern culture is not something that as Christians we should be afraid of. It's not something we should be, um, it's not something we should be uh, against. Yeah. Any more than we would be afraid of or against, you know, Japanese culture or French culture or Southern culture or it's just a culture. Yeah. And it's the culture of the people that we're trying to reach. Yeah. And so we should be seeing it through that lens. What does it mean for us to reach this culture with the gospel? Well, hello, world. Uh, we are back again this week on Resurgence Culture. I am really excited uh, about this week's conversation as we go in part two of uh, talking about um, what is it like to uh, be the church in uh, this culture, in this context. Uh, uh, My famous and most uh, liked co-host is not with me uh, today, and I actually think it's better for the podcast. Uh, That means more airtime for me and Steve. Well, all right. Thanks, Dave, for not showing up. <laughs> and so, uh, anyways, I'm just joking, people. Don't I don't want any letters from my mom. Like, who, the only person who listens to this is like uh, Elijah. Stop saying mean things about David. Um, anyways, uh, I, I just wanted to again uh, thank Steve uh, Shank for for being with us. Uh, again, we're here with the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> uh, he's shaking his head as he uh, I'm saying this, but more yeah, myth than anything else. else. <laughs> And so, man, really excited. Uh, man, love the conversation that we had last time. Um, uh, I, I just, I'm still thinking about it as we go on with this conversation now. <laughs> All right. It's good. Well, I appreciate you having me. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, it's an important conversation. It's a, a fun conversation. Um, but it's, it's something that is, at least as Christian leaders, um, but I think even just all Christians, in the West and in America and in Buffalo, we, we should be thinking about um, how these things flesh out in our lives and in our churches. Yeah, yeah. And man, so like, uh, man, I just want to jump straight into it um, because uh, I, I think we just have a lot of heat from, uh, from what we talked about before. And uh, today, I think we want to kind of put handles for, for people mm-hmm. um, of uh, where, where do we go from here, right? We, we, we got a little nerdy last time, and, and we, we kind of talked uh, nuance and, 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 and things like that, but um, uh, we are in the West. Uh, we are in a culture that has been informed uh, by uh, Christianity, which is rejecting um, Christianity, um, and the church has, has fallen behind on that. So b- before we get uh, more more detailed, I, I would love for people to kind of hear a little bit of your story of how you planted uh, Buffalo Vineyard, um, what your th- how you kind of thought through that, even coming because uh, you, you're not from Buffalo. I'm not right? from Buffalo. You're, no. you're from what, what part of? I'm from uh, Northern California, and most people think that means the Bay Area, but I grew up like four hours north of the Bay Area. So, oh, okay. So, so not from north. the Bay. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> So, but so like what that culture is like, um, just like that, here, it's just like, no, here. not at no. all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, cause we're looking at snow right now. So I'm pretty, uh, no. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm wondering like, how did it like coming from there? Where's like, obviously there's a learning curve everywhere you go. Was the steep learning curve? Were you kind of, uh, ready for that? Is, is North, Northern California ahead of where Buffalo is right now? Hmm. Or is it behind? 
Uh, how did you think through church Great. planting and yeah. what have you kind of seen now as we kind of uh, talk through practical handlebars? Yeah. So um, I would say Northern California and the west side of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they could be culturally more different unless they were actually in different countries. Mm. So, I mean, they really are very different from each other. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that the culture there is... It's, it, most people in, in California would look at where I grew up and think that's like the backward part of California. Mm. <laughs> um, I think there probably are places where California culture is maybe more postmodern or more, um, you know, shifted in, in more of that direction yeah. than the East Coast. Um, but also the place where I grew up was not, um, I mean, still California, California culture, um, but was not, it wasn't, wasn't kind of like the, the hip, um, cultural center uh, of the state. Um, so as far as how, how, like coming from there and, and coming to here, like what I was thinking about when it came to culture and, and strategy and church planning and model, I think I had done a lot of thinking about, and looking at models of church. I had done a lot of thinking about and looking at, um, well, even this conversation about postmodern culture and the, the shift from modernity to postmodernity, I had done a lot of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I had been praying uh, about the possibility of going overseas to, to be in, engaged in church planning or missions work in other countries um, and felt like God led us here instead. So we had thought about you know, what it would look like to do ministry in a different culture. Um, but we didn't realize that we were coming to a different culture. Yeah. You know, we didn't yeah. know that and hadn't thought through that. We thought, oh, we're going to another American city, so it'll be just like home. And it's not. Yeah. Um, I think what this was probably both really helpful and really painful at the same time mm-hmm. is we came to Buffalo having really kind of explicitly rejected all models of church and church planting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was helpful because we came here without actually expectations around what we were going to build, at least in terms of like the model. Um, it was also really painful because you can't build something if you don't have yeah, a blueprint exactly. for it. And it took a long time to, yeah, it took a long time to, to kind of struggle through that. Well, can I, can I interject right there? Because yeah. I, I think, um, like, I, I think I appreciate that, right? Because um, I, I think... Again, we we think about churches in, in in like models like can can this model trans transplant there and, and maybe that is helpful, mm-hmm. but especially just looking at your life and in ministry and just being around you this last year, what I see is that you really did missionary work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think maybe deconstructing uh, some of the ways that maybe church had been done, right? And then saying, like, what does this culture look like is something that, man, the church hasn't even done a good job, I think, just in uh, in missions abroad, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, like, no, there is this culture is defined by itself. So I don't know if you want to continue to speak to that. I don't want to cut you off. But I, I just want to say, like, no. I appreciate that because when I go into your church, it's different, huh. right? And not in, like, a, like, oh, it's different. Like, I mean, it's a good difference. Like, huh. you can feel it. And there's parts of it where I'm just kind of like, man, why did they do that? But I, I think it's because... You looked at the culture, uh, if you know, from my perspective, and, and you said, "Okay, um, like we're gonna get, we're gonna speak the language of the culture." Um, would you say that, or uh, definitely, we've tried. I, yeah. mean, I think I'm probably more aware of all the places where I or we are failing at that. <laughs> Every pastor, right? Yes, um, 
but but that's definitely been a I mean I wouldn't say that's the only thing we're paying attention to but that's one of the key things that I am paying attention to mm-hmm. as a pastor is is how to do exactly that which is um, to you know to translate the the gospel and to live out the kingdom in ways that make sense here for my neighbors mm-hmm. um, and I think ultimately that's what all Christian leaders are attempting to do mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately we've been influenced by by models and theology and actually I don't even think it's so much models and theology it's actually like the the unwritten cultural expectations within the church and kind of like the unexamined philosophy of ministry like I think those are actually the places where we're being driven um to do things that actually don't make sense for where we're at yeah Uh, you had mentioned last week I think maybe this was in an offline conversation just about the like church growth philosophy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm certainly willing to accept the the possibility that when that was kind of originated, the first people who were doing kind of thinking about church growth, maybe yeah. they were actually doing, they were doing what they should have been doing. And they were thinking about how to engage missionally with a culture where like that kind of made sense then. Yeah. But yeah. what I would say is that that's become toxic today. Yeah. Church growth yeah. philosophy, yeah. in my opinion, is one of the most toxic forces in the church, yeah. uh, at, at least as I see it. And I, I agree. I understand it. Yeah. And I think that, and yet it's pervasive. It's mm-hmm. pernicious. It's everywhere. Like pastors everywhere are have adopted this philosophy without ever actually asking the question, is this how God is judging my ministry? Yeah. yeah. Is this how... It, it, would this be healthy for me as a human being, yeah. healthy for the community that I'm leading for us to adopt this philosophy of ministry? We don't yeah. ask those questions. Yeah, yeah. We just say, well, this is what I read in a book, so I got to do it. Yeah, and then exactly. it's like, man, this really is painful and not working. Yeah, yeah. but it's, I read it in the book. Yeah. You know, and it's not even the book. It's yeah. just a book. So I think that that's, it's those kinds of things that um, I think are really driving our... Um, yeah, that that like the 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 way that the church oftentimes is engaged in winning the last war instead of the next one. The way that the church is oftentimes engaged in adopting models that work in other places instead of thinking about how to do what will work here. I yeah. think that that's that's a large part of what's driving that. Well, I think I mean I, I just think about too um, like human nature, right? And, and, and like uh, you know, not to go all the way off the rails here, but. Like, um, think about what the message that's resonated even in uh, American culture right now uh, to uh, definitely a, a big segment of the population is this this thought of like the way that it used to be. And there's some revisionist history there because <laughs> it seems like, sure. you know, it was great. So, you know, we have the mantra, right? Like, let's make America great again. Yeah. Right. And so, like, there is this I think this idea in American culture um uh, about maybe a Christian history again that uh, is more uh, bloviated, you know, saying that that it uh, it actually is like was right, and so I, I think we, we just think that we think of like there was always a time where people were going to church and they were praying and all these these different things, right? Um, and and to really think like, man, that's that that really wasn't the case, right? Uh, and so um, I think uh, people which uh, in the church right now, uh, if I can connect my thoughts here, are trying to go back to a world, to an America where the church was 
uh, always uh, the 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 I guess the cultural contact point for all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 not understanding, man, there were people which were laying bricks, man, like going from place to place, like the circuit riders, which were which were championing the gospel and were speaking to the culture. That time is not there anymore, right? We can't go back to the Great Awakening revival. It happened, right? And for that time and place, America has changed. It has shifted. Um, and so, uh, like, even this, this desire to just shove people up in buildings, people are saying, like, we don't want that anymore, right? Like, we, we, we're tired. Like, that doesn't mean anything. I think about the conversation that we had off air a little bit of uh, the idea of, of saying the Bible, uh, it's true because the Bible told me so, like, and, and almost coming to people with this idea of absolute truth, which worked, you know, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but it's not working. Years ago. Yeah, you know, but it's it just like to now it's like we live in Buffalo, which has been ranked by Barna is like, I think in the top 10 uh, least Bible-minded cities. So if I come to somebody in the city of Buffalo and say, "Hey, man, uh, you shouldn't do this because the Bible says," they'll be like, uh, "What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying?" Let me tell you what you can do with your Bible. <laughs> Let me tell you what you can do with your Bible, right? Yes. And so, like, so how do we how do we make sure um, that we are going forward uh, in a world that doesn't recognize the authority that which we've been using and, and, and wielding and, and also understand personally like man it's not always been like that there was a time where even in american culture where saying the bible tells me so didn't matter and so we're in that place again so how do we how do we um uh go forward yeah well i want to say one thing first before answering the question yeah. and just to say that i think we ought to be simply you know the i don't have a uh, make america great again hat yeah and i don't think that I, I don't want one. Um, but at the same time, I think we should actually be sympathetic to people who are nostalgic for a past that they remember fondly yeah. and fearful of a future where they see the things that they hold valuable disappearing. Like we should yeah. be sympathetic to that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, um, I mean, that's, I, I definitely want to take the political connotations out of that. Like I'm yeah, not yeah. talking about politics. I'm not talking about voting. I'm not talking about who is or isn't president, Yeah. but I am talking about people who are, well, think about it this way. All of us wish we could go back to being a little boy and sitting at our mom's table and eating some home cooking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's definitely. nothing wrong with being nostalgic for that. Yeah. But yeah. you're not a boy anymore and you can't do that. Yeah. So like you need yeah. to cook a meal for your own kids. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly, so, exactly. so I think we want to we, we do want to be able to say, yeah, like there were some beautiful things in the past. There were some great things that that people were raised with. Yeah. And some of those things have disappeared and it's OK for people to be sad about that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the past was great. Doesn't mean that we want to really live it doesn't mean that it was great for everybody doesn't mean all like all of those things are also true yeah and clearly history has a direction and we need to move forward yeah and so to your question of like how do we move forward or 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 i I think well so the conversation uh that we that we started last week about um the shift from modern to postmodern culture i think i would want to say uh First of all, there's a big difference between postmodern philosophy and postmodern culture. Yeah. Right. So I actually find a lot of postmodern philosophy 
distasteful and unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I think that there are some helpful things going on in it that yeah. we should be paying attention to. There's also some unhelpful things in it that we should be paying attention to and rejecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's not the same thing as postmodern culture. And postmodern culture is not something that as Christians we should be afraid of. It's yeah. not something we should be, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not something we should be uh, against. Yeah. Any more than we would be afraid of or against, you know, Japanese culture or French culture or Southern culture or it's just a culture. Yeah. And it's the culture of the people that we're trying to reach. Yeah. And so we should be seeing it through that lens. What does it mean for us to reach this culture with the gospel? No. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> live, live, live recording. It's coffee. It's all right, right, folks. <laughs> So um, I lost my train of thought there with the uh, with the coughing fit. Um, <laughs> we shouldn't be afraid of. We shouldn't be yeah. afraid. Yes. So so we should be thinking intentionally mm-hmm. about how we can reach our culture. So that means we need to be students of our culture, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. culture that we're trying to reach, uh, we need to understand it well. I think it also means we need to be students of ourselves, mm-hmm. like understanding how. We have been shaped, so I would say that the church is steeped in modern culture, yeah. and we need to actually do, like, we need to deconstruct ourselves to yeah. a certain degree, yeah. right? Like, we need to be paying attention yeah. to the ways that we are engaged in the practice of our faith yeah. that, that actually don't come from Jesus, don't come from the church, they just come from the culture of our ancestors. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't, again, that's not to say it's bad. It's just to say it's not the gospel. And if it's unhelpful to reach the next generations, then we should, I mean, do it in your house. Don't do it in the church. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine. Do it that way. But don't expect the people who have no value for those things to do those things. So we need to be students of the culture, students of ourselves. Um, I think we also need to have, like, clarity around um again i can't remember if this was last week or, or this week or offline but that question you asked about where's the line mm-hmm. yeah like i think we have to we have to be thinking intentionally about that too like what what are the things that we would say are absolutely essential mm-hmm. um and what are the things that aren't yeah and i think i would i would argue that we should be absolutely unapod unapologetically Christian. Like we follow Jesus. There's no, like we don't, we're not playing games around that. I follow Jesus. I believe that Jesus is and was and will be the best version of a human being ever. And if I will allow him to fill me with everything that's in him, I will be the best version of myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that. And that, and that, that means like, I want him, I want him to, to connect me to God. I want him to shape and form my identity. I want him to, you know, teach me how to relate to you and other human beings. I want him to show me how to make my way in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to apologize about that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, built into what I just said is, um, what would you call it? It's unambiguous humility. Yeah. I am not the person who knows how to do all those things. Yeah. I am calling myself a student of Jesus, which means I can't engage in the world from a place of arrogance as if I have it all figured out. I actually have to engage you know, engage the world from a place of humility. And I think being clear about, again, where we're drawing the line and where we're not drawing the line, being students of the culture and understanding ways that the culture operates 
um, and being willing to to let go of things that maybe for us are really important, but they're not actually rooted yeah. in 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 Jesus. Yeah, and I think it, you know, I think that's where it's it's hard, you know, um, because like the, I, I think people have that fear, and I think the the fear uh, is the driving uh, factor in how people decide to flesh this conversation out and, and do what we're talking about um, by exegeting the culture and, and, and really engaging. I, I, I think, like, we know of people, one of my heroes, uh, we joke about it all the time. Um, I remember just, like, listening to him, and I, I actually still listen to him, Rob Bell, right? He, he was one of those guys which uh, he asked those hard questions, and then he, he stepped in, and I think in trying to do it, he lost himself in that uh, the, the the culture void. You, you you get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so the gospel was not preeminent. Uh, his desire to uh, uh, to to reach people uh, overshadowed uh, the truth that's there. Uh, and so I, I think people are, are trying to factor like, how do I speak without? Uh, having the authority to speak. And I think you said uh, it best, like this is what was happening in the New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were anti the culture uh, in a lot of ways, but in a, in, in, a, in a lot of ways they engaged the culture, you know? And there was something that was really attractive. And I, I don't know if, I don't know you if you would say this, uh, th- there may be a place where I think in this conversation for people on the other side saying that, uh, is the gospel enough, right? Like, uh, so because we we've seen like this this movement, uh, I think, to try and reach at whatever the cost, and it's cost a lot. Um, and so, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think this this is my struggle uh, as as a planter as as I continue to ask the question, like, how do I reach people without losing myself? Like, that's. That's that's the part where you know, um, like I, I struggle with, and, and I know churches that man, they're, they're trying, they're they're deep in the culture, and what you see is their church looks more like the culture than maybe a, um, and, and this may be my own baggage, right? Like uh, like a space where believers should be, and 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 is that pharisaical? And it's it's it just in my own description, you know. Um, I don't know what you say to that, but I, I really am in this place of really wrestling uh, with that. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, there's just lots of thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think what I heard you what I heard you asking is just that question about blind spots. Yeah. Like, how do, how do we, you know, it's easy for us to look at something and say, oh, that's wrong, or to, to do something and say, this is right. But how do we know if we're wrong? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I think that's where one of the things that has, it's an inherent strength of, of the Christian church mm-hmm. that we don't always take advantage of. So we were talking last week about, you know, the gospel being translated into all of these different cultures, that, that there's this treasure that's deposited in all of these different containers. Well... If we'll just hang out with Christians mm-hmm. of different cultures, our blind spots will become very apparent yeah. very easily and quickly. It won't require a lot of work to exegete our own culture or to look at the, the ways that our own faith is is culturally captive to things that aren't actually inherent in the gospel. Yeah. 
So that that issue of, um, you know, church division and church unity of, you know, being Christians who are actually willing to engage across theological lines or racial lines or, or you know, whatever those lines are that divide, when we do that, our blind spots become really apparent. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's something that, well, I think I'm really excited about what I see God doing in the church in our day and certainly in our city yeah. is to see God bringing the church back together across those lines, not in ways that eradicate those lines, yeah. but in ways that actually help us to, to, yeah, to see, again, to see some of our blind spots, to work mm-hmm. together from our, our perspective strengths. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's probably a lot more we could talk about to answer yeah, that yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I, I think, like, I think we are, uh, I've said it before, I've said it at Bump, um, uh, and like I think that we are living right now in uh, the city of Buffalo in a moment of revival, um, because this just doesn't happen, right? Uh, where you have people from different parts of the deno- uh, uh, different denominations, different world, different tribes coming together and saying, um, "We are the church," yeah. um, and there is a, a coming coming back. And Gail actually uh, said this at, at Bump as well that there's this there's this uh, different groups almost merging styles too, mm. right? And and I think that's only something that can be done by the Holy Spirit. Something. Learning from each other, exactly, right? <laughs> and saying like, man, so like, how can we how can we move this 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 space forward? I know of a church specifically in 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 Buffalo where I think uh, six churches came together from different denominations to help launch it and set their people right. To say start this new ministry and it's, it's it's there and it's thriving and it's reaching people and and, and it's so beautiful and I and I think like that that is the the starting point uh, of of dropping some of our fears and it's it's not saying like hey like you said we have these um these these uh guidelines that help us kind of frame who we are and what we see God to it's not saying chuck those right mm-hmm. it's saying but there's something much bigger at play. Uh, and, and, and I love that one thing God has really been convicting me of is, is prayer, mm-hmm. like the power and the pursuit of prayer, you know, and there's something about when the people of God come and start praying together to the one who's, who, who gives us access. I think we've, we've quickly thrown away, like I hear people say like, pray, but do something. And it's not saying that you shouldn't do something, <laughs> but it's like, understand what happened. Right. Christ came. The veil was torn. We have access now to the throne. Right. To talk to a to to God. Like read through the Old Testament. That was not easy to do. You know what I'm saying? There was there was there there would chaos happen. And I think like for me, I don't know uh, about for you, but like that's definitely been something that God's been convicting me of like saying, like, how do how do we pray uh, deeply and passionately for a movement to happen, uh, uh, for uh, God's God's basic spirit to continue to flow over this land and call people back to Himself. Because man, the culture will continue to go forward, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I think your, your your point about pressing into God's presence and experiencing God in prayer and being people who, you know, who, for whom that is kind of the center of what we are. Mm-hmm. I think that is both the way forward mm-hmm. for um, those of us maybe who might 
might align with the modern church, you know, who mm-hmm. if, like, we're like, well, yeah, but I was, I was raised in this way and I, I was steeped in this tradition and I value it. I think the way forward is to say, what's more important, the, you know, the settings on the table or the food, what's more important, the, the form of church that I received or the God to whom I'm connected through that. Yeah. Form, right. And, and so like being willing to say, no, what's important is my connection to Christ and mm-hmm. that, that he is the life that's in me that's animating everything that I do. And if we push into that, mm-hmm. then we're going to be in touch with what he's doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've seen that time and time again. I mean, I'm definitely somebody who leans in the intellectual direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've found myself interacting with people who they possess wisdom that I have spent years like reading and thinking and kind of coming to some of these conclusions yeah. and they got it in 30 seconds by talking to God. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's kind of humbling. Right. It's like, okay. So like there's something to this whole prayer thing. You know what I mean? So like, yes, yeah. I think that's the way forward for us as God's people. Yeah. I actually also think it is the way forward for reaching our culture. It's mm. so modern culture was anti-superstitious. Modern mm-hmm. culture in many ways was anti-spiritual. Modern culture, mm-hmm. you know, so this is the culture of, of the you know the past couple hundred years in, yeah. in the West. Um, and postmodern culture is very spiritual. Yeah. It's yeah. like they're like people are really, you know, can I pray for you? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You want a blessing? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's like there's a hunger and an affinity for spiritual things in um, our, that doesn't mean that, that there's a hunger for Jesus yeah. or a yeah. hunger for, you know, spiritual truth, but there is a hunger for spiritual things that I think as, as believers, we should say, oh, that's a huge open door for me. Yeah. yeah. If I can just stop arguing with people about apologetics and start praying for people, yeah. they'll come to church. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah. all right, that, I, I think I can figure that one out. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. um, and again, I think that's. That's one of many of those places where it's like, all right, so this is what this looks like practically to say we want to be people who are exegeting the culture that we live in. We want to pay attention to maybe the ways that we've been bound up by our own cultural traditions. And we Mm -hmm. want to understand where is where is God at in all of this? And I think that's that's a, a clear place where I see tons of open doors in in a, a postmodern culture yeah. for Christians who will put the priority on experiencing God in prayer over arguing with people about doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that's that's a handle. Yeah. That's something we could do. And yeah. that and I, I think we would say that that actually lines up with probably what we all recognize as Jesus's heart in the matter. Yeah, exactly, anyway, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. exactly. Man, I I want to I guess finish in the next 5 minutes uh kind of talking about um, man, some things that you guys have done. Uh, I just, I, I mean, it's it's funny. I was talking to Grace, uh, who's a bumper, and she goes to uh, our church, and she's she's going through our process, and uh, and so uh, I got a chance to go and sit in with some students from Damon College, um, and just talk about racial reconciliation and and, and things like that, and um, and I, I I usually think like I I I do a good job of these conversations. They were semi interested. Uh, but what they were most interested in was like the farms that you guys are doing huh. over there, right? It like resonates. She said like they perked up. Now again, these are students at like eight in the morning, <laughs> having to sit through basically three hours of people lecturing to them, and uh, it was just interesting. So I I, I just kind of want to talk about man, just mm. some of the things that you guys have done uh, specifically. 
um, the, as as you've looked at the culture and said like this is how I want to reach my neighborhood. Um, and uh, yeah, if you give us some of those practical sure. examples. Yeah, well, so the farm is interesting, and I think it ties into this conversation in some interesting ways. So mm-hmm. for starters, I think one of the things. So our postmodern culture is skeptical of authority. Yeah. Um, and uh, so as a church that is going to reach postmodern people, I think we ought to also be very. We should not be heavy-handed with authority mm-hmm. in a culture that's skeptical of authority. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all that to say, the church wasn't like my idea. So I'm mm-hmm. the pastor of the church. I didn't say, hey, let's have a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened is somebody showed up who um, said, I've got an idea. And probably the last thing I would have thought of as a farm, but that was their idea. That was something that God had put in them. Yeah. And um, so as a church, we've tried really hard. And as a, as a Christian leader, I've tried really hard to get behind people and ideas and the things that God is doing in them mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, coming up with my great ideas and inviting people to be a part of my project. And yeah. so that, I mean, even just that, I think is actually, that's important for our culture, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. reaching our culture, to be able to say, you know, this isn't about my thing that you need to come be a part of, but rather this is about you paying attention to what God is doing in and through you. And yeah. how can I get behind that? Yeah. And so that, that, like that speaks to just the, the question of how leadership and authority and, and um, how, how that works in our culture. But it also, I think speaks to this, there's like this question of vocation mm-hmm. that I think is much more important for people today and Christians today in, in a, in a postmodern world that maybe wasn't as important for generations past. Um, and it's so it's tied to identity, it's tied to work, it's tied to meaning. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, you know, so Matt, the guy who started the farm, all the farm, it, that's, that's what birthed all of that is mm-hmm. him paying attention to that question. God, what are you calling me to do? What, what did you put me on earth to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so again, I think that that's why that resonates with people is, mm-hmm. you know, seeing somebody who's saying, yeah, I know this isn't the best way to make money. Mm-hmm. I know that this isn't, you know, like <laughs> there's all sorts of reasons why I shouldn't do this, but this is where I find the deepest meaning for my life. Yeah. And I'm willing to sacrifice for that mm-hmm. um, because it provides blessing to my neighbors and it's fixing serious problems in our world and it's connecting me to a, a life of justice and service that flows out of this authentic relationship that I have with the creator of the universe. Yeah. And I think that's like, so that's, that's kind of what's driving the farm. That's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's Matt, who's, who's the leader of the farm and the, the founder of the farm. And I think that that's something that people are hungry for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think when you start talking about even just kind of like what the farm does and what its ministry is, and I think why people would be attracted to it or things like it, mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that question of justice, you mm-hmm. know, so maybe maybe a modern culture is preoccupied with the question, what is true? Mm-hmm. But I think a postmodern culture is much more preoccupied with the question of what is good mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how do we work towards it? And yeah. so that question of justice, you know, obviously there's all sorts of all sorts of uh, pointers in our, our culture that, that would point at the fact that justice is an extremely important thing for for yes, yes. Know, this, this generation. Um, and I think as a church, if we're going to like keep pounding on truth mm-hmm. when the culture is interested in justice, we're kind of making, we're, we're making a mistake, particularly yeah. because I think the, the, the church actually has something to say about justice, exactly. right? We, exactly. We've actually got some, some 
you know, it's like, yeah. oh, you, oh, you don't want to play baseball? Well, that's cool. I got a football. Let's yeah. play football, right? Like, yeah. like, like, let's not try and convince people who want to play football to play baseball when we're just as good at football, right? Yeah, so, like, exactly. like, why, why argue about truth when we're just as good at justice? So yeah. let's let's go there, right? I think I think Jesus is is all that in a bag of chips when it comes to justice. Yeah, so exactly. like, let's yeah. let's do that. Um, so I think that 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 what the farm is and a part of what it resonates with people about is that it is addressing those fundamental questions of justice in our world in ways that are um, really, really practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and maybe that's another thing too, is it, so I would point at justice. I would point at beauty. I would point at relationships. I would point at spirituality. And yeah. I would say that those are all places where a culture is hungry mm-hmm. and wanting um, more, mm-hmm. like seeking more. Um, and those are all also places where the church has got tremendous resources to speak to our culture around yeah. justice, yeah. around beauty, around relationships, around spirituality. Um, we just need to draw, I shouldn't say drop our preoccupation with truth. Yeah. Like I care about the truth a ton yeah. and we yeah. shouldn't forget that there is such a thing as truth. Yeah. But like we don't need to beat people over the head with truth when yeah. they're open to these other other avenues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, this this was the point that I was trying to make. I, I got lost there. Is that um, and part of the reason why I think the farm is intriguing to people is as much as our culture is interested in justice. Yeah. Justice can be a fad for a lot of people right yeah. so ju- so well yeah of course i care about justice haven't you seen the bumper stickers on my car yeah right yeah. so that's a thing that's yeah. like a real and that but i think people who live that way and do that they yeah. know yeah like they know that the justice that they're advocating for is actually shallow and so when they see somebody who is saying yeah like i've got all those bumper stickers on my car and i make no money doing something that's changing the world yeah you want to come be a part of it yeah, and yeah. people are like actually i do i think that's actually a pretty good sales pitch i think i do want to be a part yeah. of that i do want to give up everything that i have and own and, yeah. and possess in, in my career and my future to come work for changing the world for for better yeah, yeah i actually think i do want to do that yeah and so i think that's part of what is resonating with people yeah um with the farm and with other things that are going on yeah so there's something that, uh, and I'm going to close up with this, but there's something that I think that you continue uh, to hit at, which um, is, and I think in this uh, postmodern world, um, that uh, people are looking for meaning. Um, yeah. uh, something that they can grab a hold to and say that, man, I mattered uh, while I was walking this, this earth. And um, one thing I know that me and you are both passionate about are the spiritual disciplines. And, yeah. and I love that you're... Um, been creating this website um, which uh, we're definitely our church wants to use like, yeah, like I keep asking you every day uh, and so um, like uh, I, I think uh, there's 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 a I think for all of our fear that the church has uh, of being lost in this new culture that's being created uh, man there's there's so much beauty that's that's taking place in front of us and that we really need to jump uh, head first and engage with it. So, but anyways, with that being said, uh, I, I I am so sad that we're we're out of time, but we're definitely gonna have this conversation again with with Steve. Uh, so thankful, man, for you uh, for uh, uh, just sitting down and having this conversation on this beautiful uh, <laughs> Friday morning as it's snowing and raining and and looking crazy. Um, and as always, guys, we implore you to. 
go out there and live for the week and celebrate the weekend with um, uh, the community of Christ. Uh, We love you. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.